welcome everybody to another episode of It Was All a Stream. I'm Chris Sachs, hosting alongside my cousin, Neil Carroll. Hello, everybody. We need to just immediately start talking about Mandalorian. Immediately. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Best episode of the season thus far. Wow. Wow. Okay, yeah. that's high praise. I still feel like the episode before with uh, Ahsoka was my favorite episode of the season, um, but this was a this was a good one. I thought it was it was solid. Um, let's go to our handy dandy Wikipedia page and get that summary. Um, so, Mandalorian takes Grogu to the ancient temple on Tython and places him on the seeing stone at its center. Grogu meditates and is surrounded by a protective energy field. Boba Fett soon arrives with the mercenary Fennec Shand, who the Mandalorian had previously left for dead on Tatooine. Boba Fett explains that the armor worn by Cobb Vanth belongs to him, as his father Jango was a Mandalorian foundling. Mandalorian agrees to return the armor in exchange for the safety of Grogu, just as Moff Gideon arrives and deploys stormtroopers. Boba Fett, Fennec, and Mandalorian repel the stormtroopers' attack, during which time Grogu finishes uh, meditating and the energy field around him disappears. Moff Gideon destroys the Razor Crest from orbit before deploying his droid Dark Troopers which succeed in capturing Grogu. To honor their deal, Boba Fett and Fennec promise to help the Mandalorian get Grogu back. Uh, They travel to Boba Fett's ship, Slave One, to Navarro, and ask for Cara Dune's help in breaking uh, criminal uh, Migs Mayfeld out of New Republic prison. A lot, a lot, a lot. A lot, lot, but all so juicy like so filled with star wars mana that it is exciting to talk about um i'm gonna work backwards i'm gonna work backwards uh what's his name bill burr is coming back i'm not bill as burr is coming fan. back i'm not his biggest fan but here's how you know how the episode was great when we got to that i wasn't like oh man i, I liked like, his oh, character though yes uh, you know i guess um, look uh, character was kind of cool not the point. The you know my the the overall issue is the episode was so tight that I was totally fine with him coming back. Yep. The dark troopers, interesting. Not as much of a revelation as I thought that was going to be. Agreed. I thought yeah, that was going to be a bigger thing. Little dip, little disappointment there. I thought it was going to be a bigger thing, but you get this seeing stone you get another jedi-esque planet right so you know, the the movies introduced us to dagobah first and dagobah was like you go into the tree luke goes in there he has this battle with um darth vader but it's not really a battle it's kind of in his emotions in his mind so it's tinged with the force the whole planet then you get jakku all right not yep. jakku yeah, right. Yeah, Jakku. Yeah, yep. Not Jakku, Jedha. Oh, okay. Um, which was like a, a Jedi planet, Jedha, Jedi. They were drawing a connection in the new trilogy, the most recent one. Now you get Tython. Very interesting. 
Um, and it was just enough. Like it was just enough. We didn't, it was, it almost felt like a Star Trek episode where they show up, there's cool ruins. We're dealing with this zone, this area, and something mystical is happening. Baby Groot, Baby Groot, Baby Yoda, Grogu, still the most adorable thing in anyone's galaxy, sitting on there with his fingers crossed in meditation pose, adorable. Um, the Force, strong with him because uh, the Mandalorian can't get to him physically. He keeps getting repelled. And then... I'm going to take a back seat and let you talk for a while about, about Boba Fett, y'all. I mean, yeah, Bo- Boba now- Fett made his return, AKA Bubba Fett. Yeah. AKA Boba Fett. AKA get- Boba the Hutt. <laughs> I'll tell you, I agree with you. It kind of took me out of it. <laughs> it was a little, it was like seeing yeah. baby armor on like, yes. A- a large man correct Which, you know listen he's an older actor i i forget his name so obviously yeah. he's he's aged since he was playing jang jango fat but it, it was kind of funny seeing him it was like the like fat man in the little coat a little <laughs> bit you know with with him putting on the armor um but it yeah it was cool having him back i mean that was the really the I, I mean I can't say the big thing in this episode because there was so much that happened, but I would say that um, you know now we finally officially have him back. We know who he is, and we got the return of um, of Fennec as well, who right. she comes back as like a half robot now which was kind of interesting. You had a feeling that she was going to make a return somehow when they, in the first episode she was in, in season one, they kind of flashed back to someone standing over her that we now know was Boba Fett. Um, And so they both come back. They're both awesome. Every action scene that each was in just, they all did a great job, especially once he just goes and gets his armor and actually starts fighting in it and using all of the tools and stuff. That was really cool. And he kind of earns it back. That's because it is his armor, but for whatever reason, Mando needed to see him earn it back. And at the same time, that's kind of how, you know, us as an audience, we needed to see him earn it back too, because it's been so long since we've seen him. And the last time we did see him in live action, he, from what we thought was killed in action, pretty embarrassingly. Pretty embarrassingly and, and pretty like, definitively it seemed but again it's like a cool idea because he was essentially swallowed whole so possible and the comic books over the years have you know have had him alive and have him crawling out of the sarlacc pit and everything else um yeah so so as a viewer like he's gotten he's earned his credibility back with us with 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 the audience which which was good and and that was big um that actor, though, I mean, he deserves a shout out. Tem- Temuera Morrison. Yes. Boba Fett actor, Temuera Morrison, um, is, I don't want to say a bit player, but he's been around a long, long while. And he, he should get props for 
um, his work in the sequel trilogy or the prequel trilogies as essentially all the clones. You know, he played Jango Fat. He was all the clones because they're based off his genetic material. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, for the people that are out there that appreciate this, people that hate this, um, uh, oh, oh my, George Lucas, I had a brain spasm. George Lucas went back and redubbed all Boba Fett's lines in the original trilogy with right. Emmerich Morrison. So he's, you know, he's steeped in Star Wars. He's steeped in it. He's doing a good job. He needs to get on a Stairmaster because, and I'd like to see the old gray, like tan gray gloves and like clothes he used to have under the armor. Cause that's, that's right. He was just wearing his, his robe underneath the armor. It didn't really look quite right. Didn't look quite right. And, and so it'd be nice to see that transform. I like the dynamic between him and, you know, the woman he saved. They're, they're kind of now like there's a blood bond. Um, and it's just, it's what we wanted. Like, like we got through the first season and everybody was happy with Mando. Everybody's happy with him. That's perfect. I will watch that show. Right. But we all, and I remember when we talked about this in in the first podcast ever, and and even before when we were watching the show, I was like, they've got to, how do you have a Mandalorian show without the quintessential Mandalorian? So I'm so excited for, for this process. Here's what I'm afraid of. Slave one, is it slave two or slave one? Slave one. Slave one. Slave one is so iconic you know yes. he 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 that's the ship you see first it looks nothing like any other star wars ship at the time we first saw it second he's loading han solo into that ship in carbonite you watch it go up into the cargo hold um like it's so iconic it's so burned in everybody's memory and now the razor crest Spoiler alert, one, two, three, is destroyed. No more Razor Crests, cannot be fixed. So is Mandalore, is, you know, Boba Fett going to die and Mando's going to take over Slave One, which is the bounty hunter ship? Or whatever happens, I'm just excited they're both on the same ship. Yeah, I would be a little surprised that, you know, just an episode after we get Boba Fett back. It would be an episode. Yeah, I don't think it would be soon. Yeah, but I mean, maybe I would imagine that we just get a new ship for for Mando, hopefully a cool one, something that's up there in, you know, in in the same vein as as a slave one. Um, I do have a couple questions for you. One is the the idea behind um there, I guess, Fennec and now um, Boba Fett's uh, dedication to now they have to be loyal to their word. Like, is that, is there any history behind that? I guess uh, maybe not so much in the movies, but I know you've kind of 
you you have more experience in the larger universe with the books and the comics and stuff like that and the tv shows um so is, is there anything any history behind that with with uh, boba fett because for me it kind of seems like oh he's a bounty hunter he's not really loyal to anybody stuff like that but this is presenting him and fennec as they're both bounty hunters, but they have a code that they live by and their, their word is their bond. And so I'm just wondering what, if there's any history behind that to give us more insight. There's yes, but like, but not specific to those two. So in the broader universe, there's definitely these blood bonds that are formed and I have to follow you because you saved me or because of this, that, and the other thing in the Mandalorian universe, there is absolutely that fee. And, and it's been explained in the, in the Mandalorian TV show, but also the comics, the TV, the Clone Wars and so on and so forth. There is that, um, I have a job to do, so I must complete the job mentality. And kind of that honor code, that honor system. But no, I, I felt the same thing because for Boba Fett, there were several books that center around him and around uh, bounty hunters. They're kind of scummy. Like they're kind of the, the scum. Of right. The that's what, that's what I thought. Yeah. And so they don't really have, they have a code in that, you know, you get what you get as long as you can take it. And, you know, some people poach other bounties and so forth, but no, this is kind of a new, a new direction, but I think it works because, you know, he's been so long without the armor, number one. So he's, he's, emotional about the armor even though he's not showing it because that's not the way it was his father's armor that he repainted it was you know something dear to him plus she about to die and now has this you know was saved by him so there's there's it's making sense to me like i'll allow it is basically where i'm going with this i'll tell you what and i want your opinion um gideon moff gideon yes What's with his, like, I feel like they're doing it to be reminiscent of Vader, but it feels like it's, uh, like it's pandering. Like it feels like you're, it doesn't fit him. That metal Vader-like chest piece that he's wearing. I'm, uh, I'm assuming that it's just the uniform for such high-ranking people. Like, I don't know if it's so much of... Uh, I mean, yes, in a way, it's kind of uh, an ode to Vader and his costume because it is obviously similar. Uh, but I think it's more so to signify to us how like high ranking and how like what level this guy is on. Like yeah, he's I, pretty I, like he might not be on Darth Vader's level, but they're trying to convey him as someone who's up there. He's a heavy. Yeah. I, all right. I, I mean, I was I was playing it out as like maybe that's the wartime uniform because it, it's some kind of armor mm-hmm. as opposed to your regular like dress blues, you know, right. cloth uniform. Because and there my- have been there have been others with similar um, yeah. with similar outfits and uniforms in the wider um, Star Wars canon. Like I point to the. Um, the Jedi uh, Fallen Order video game yeah. where you have the uh, Inquisitors or whatever they are, they all wear very similar uniforms, but they also have the helmets. 
that are close to Vader's as well. Like almost like they're almost like a combination between Vader and Kylo Ren's helmets that okay. that they wear. Um, so yeah, it's it's a little bit more common that type of style. Um, the the last question I wanted to ask you before we get into our regular um, our regular Mando segments is what is the deal with the seeing stone just in general like what was going on there is there a history of the i mean we kind of have a history with it in a way i guess with the visions that luke has and the visions that ray have that you kind of spoke to earlier but this was different in the sense that one we didn't see what baby yoda's vision was right here and two we're only seeing the outside of it. So there's that Jedi force field. So then maybe can we assume that when Ray and Luke were having their visions, it was just the vision that we were seeing and really they were meditating like that or like kind of give us a little clarity on, on that situation. So here, here's my problem with it. It becomes harder to explain away with the new trilogy of movies so there's a deep history of meditation and a deep history of being able to see a little bit into the future and see your friends and the world around you you know um yoda in the in the original series has a line you know difficult to see the future is um you know he and in the prequel trilogy he there's a whole meditation room that we see Yoda in that Anakin goes to speak to Yoda in. And, you know, and we, we, that's like our first real glimpse of all his emotional problems. So no, like I, I have no background on this seeing stone unless it's escaping me from the years of reading all this stuff, but I have no background on this seeing stone, this planet Tython. Um, but it's not, wholly unusual with like i said before there are these beacons of force activity these like sith planets are in the in the expanded universe where that's excuse me that's where the the sith empire came from like they ruled the galaxy at one point from and they were born from these planets there's these jedi friendly planets and so forth so no all those projections like you were talking about i it just it, it was difficult for me. Like it was a little, a little strange. I didn't buy into it then. I'm kind of an apologist for it. And um, with this, no, it's like, it's new, but it's okay that it's new. I like it. It works in yeah. the store. The only thing that, uh, the only um, familiarity that I have with it, mm-hmm. um, again, again, I bring it up is it's, it is very similar to the, that the video game, the Jedi Fallen Order, because the Jedi that you're playing as, anytime, well, one, anytime you're going to save a game, but anytime he's going to learn a new, big, important, like, Jedi skill, he'd sit and meditate on these little, like, symbol things, and then something very similar would happen where you'd have this beam of light, this, like, cylindrical 
beam of light that surrounds him. I guess that's the force field um, surrounds him. And then he learns the new Jedi thing. So it seems like there's some sort of history with this. Uh, it, it did make an appearance in, in the, the video game, game form at, at least. It's going to be interesting to see if they ever reveal what it is that baby Yoda was doing. Was it learning? What was it seeing? Um, let's move on to what we got grading Mando's parenting skills for this week. I, all right, I'm ready. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to start off and to start off. I am going to give Mando really, there's no other choice but to give him an F minus. Oh my God. Oh my God. Baby Yoda was kidnapped. Why are you this way? Yes, look. Baby Yoda was kidnapped. Now maybe Mando can redeem himself in the next episode by rescuing Baby Yoda, but the criteria is grading him on this episode. And currently the one job that he had keeping Baby Yoda safe he failed that in this episode. Not only that, like, not only that, but it was the way in which it happened. Because just stay near Baby Yoda. Stop going off and leaving him alone. There's evil afoot, and he keeps trying to go back to Baby Yoda and get him. But nope. the pieces were conspiring to prevent. Literally, him. first of all, how many times does he have to try to? infiltrate the force field before he realizes he can't get in and then he literally the last time he leaves is the minute when the force field goes down and baby yoda does a little faint which is adorable as ever but still listen number one every parent and i'm not one that i'm aware of every parent I'm sure has a moment where they take their eye off their kid and he falls off the couch. He trips on the carpet. He scratches himself, hurts himself. And they don't have to fight off dark troopers, um, two battalions of stormtroopers, and a, a heretofore unseen empirical cruiser that has Moff Gideon on it. So I think you have wildly done a disservice to i think i think a b oh my gosh i'm giving him a solid b because of the heart he's broken when when yoda's taken away he tries he tries to force himself through that energy to get to him and is just you know you you what when you go to the ocean do you sink because of your cast iron heart oh my gosh I mean, I, I'm sorry for just being a little, a, l- a little critical here. Like, geez, you yeah. are just, Iron. and you're a teacher too. Do you just give all your students A's because they tried? Because no. they cared deep down in their heart. If they care enough deep down in their heart, it doesn't matter what they did. I give credit for effort. Okay. okay? Well, and should we all. We should, but that's not the world that we live in. So he gets an F minus. He had one. He had one job. That's it. He just has to do one thing. 
I just comparing taking your eye off baby Yoda and him tripping is different from taking your eye off baby Yoda and him being kidnapped by the most evil person in the galaxy. Who's trying to draw his, use him on experiments and like, uh, I can't, there is no, there is no speaking to you. You're hysterical. Doesn't make any sense. Um, all right, let's let's move on to who did not have the high ground this episode. What what is your pick? Who did not have the high ground this episode? Um, I I'll tell you what. All of the passengers of that first um, stormtrooper transport that he shoots that's literally higher than the second one and crashes into the second one. That's fair. I think all of the stormtroopers very clearly did not have the high ground. Very clear. Um, I think that's a good pick. I like it. I, I didn't even think of that. I am going to go with what I assumed you were going to pick yep. is Mando. Very ah. clearly did not have the high ground this episode. He, he makes it to the planet. He has Baby Yoda doing his thing, and once Baby Yoda starts seeing mm. and and meditating, it's it's a scramble for Mando now. He's got yeah. people now. Boba Fett and Fennec come. He doesn't know what the deal is with them. Then stormtroopers are coming. Then Moff Gideon is there, and then his razor crest blows up, and Baby Yoda's taken, and he's always yeah. at with baby Yoda at the wrong times and he can't get into the force field. It was a mess of an episode for Mando this week. Well, obviously we got into that with his parenting. Um, so I would say, you know, he thought he had achieved the mission. He got him to the seeing stone, but almost like five minutes into baby Yoda meditating, he was like, we got to get the hell out of here. What are we doing? And they ended up being there for way too long because, you know, he had no control over baby Yoda and the meditation. He was just. Right. Well, it was unexpected. Yeah. It was definitely unexpected, something unfamiliar for him. And so he definitely did not have the high ground uh, this week. I can can support that hypothesis. Your Chewy Medal of Honor the Chewy Medal of Honor, ha- well, all right. So uh, this is the unsung hero, remember. Because this was- is the person who, yes, did not right. get the recognition that they probably deserved. It would be easy to give it to Fennec or um, Boba Fett. It'd be easy because they yes. do tremendous things. The unsung hero, I think, has to be and save me because I'm having a brain spasm. The the individual that helps him find um, Bill Burr. Oh, that's uh, Cara Dune. Cara Dune. I think Cara Dune gets a little credit because obviously of all the things that have happened, Yoda's lost. Um, you know, he's got Boba Fett and all this other stuff. But the thing that's going to forward the story is Cara Dune's information. Okay. I, I like that. I, so I'm going to give, I kind of have two picks for this and both of my picks, there's a twist that I'm giving to this award. So the first pick 
the twist is not so much that they're the unsung hero, but that they are, it's the, the idea that the Chewie Medal of Honor goes to the person who probably had the best episode for them and didn't get the recognition for it Correct. from the audience. So in that s- sense, they're definitely not a hero. Moff Gideon uh. very clearly won the episode this week. Because he finally got his hands on Baby Yoda. His dark troopers worked to tremendous success. He didn't lose one dark trooper. And he's he's back in the driver's seat um, as far as getting what he wants accomplished. Whatever that is. Um, The other one, if we're going with like strictly good things and good people, this technically isn't a person. So my unsung hero is the Slave One. Ooh, I like this. I like your pick so far. Thank you. The Slave One makes it tri- its triumphant return to the big screen or the small screen, whatever you want to call it. Right. And uh, it still has that, you talked about it earlier, that just awesome, that coolness behind it it's so unique and different from any other spaceship and we're talking about spaceships they're all like wild but just the fact that it's lying on its back and then it kind of lifts up and the 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 way it flies it's awesome and then it takes out the stormtrooper um carriers well i guess it didn't really that was a boba fett but it's going to take now mando around i would assume at least through the rest of the season and it's going to be very pivotal in helping the rescue mission for baby yoda um so in that sense the slave one uh, is a co-earner of the chewy medal of honor i can support it i like it well we got two more episodes to look forward to we're winding down the Mando season. What's that? I know. I'm like upset about it. I know. But in the meantime, we have a lot to look forward to, yes. and we are going to get into that in Rolling or Trolling. Let's do it. Everyone's favorite part of the week. So our first portion of Rolling or Trolling is going to be a little different. And as we go on, I'll kind of explain so the biggest bit of news of last week is that warner brothers has announced that its full 2021 movie slate will come to hbo max streaming simultaneously with its theater release each movie is only going to stream for a month upon initial release um but that was the big bit of news that we are going to get about 16, 17 movies that were supposed to come out strictly to theaters right off the bat are going to be streaming on HBO Max. That is it's huge news, and I'm obviously going to be rolling with it. We, we live in a world where you can't leave your house, and I'm, I'm glad to see, like, look, these, these corporations are going to make a buck. No one's losing money, all right? They don't do things unless they're going to make a buck. So, but I'm glad that they're not going to force us into some ridiculous waiting period 
because no one's going to a theater. No one's going to a movie theater. Um, we talked about this in other episodes. I hope it's not that COVID isn't the death nail for the movie theater industry because I love, I personally love experiencing a movie with other people, like with strangers in a dark room. You're seeing it for the first time. It's This is the, the first time this thing has been put out into the world. It didn't exist. And then today it exists and we're all there to see it together. Like there's a magic about it. But this just makes a ton of sense. I'm rolling with it. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm rolling with it too. There's a lot of people in the movie industry, depending on who you are, that are very upset about this and think it will be the death of movie theaters. I kind of, someone, oh God, I forget who it was and where I saw it. So I'm sorry for not attributing you correctly, but someone made a really good p- comparison about how, um, Back in the day that um, Napster and being able to download um, to download music and movies was going to be the death of music. And what happened? Yeah, things changed and we got iTunes and stuff like that, but it wasn't the death of anything. It was the death of CDs. Right. But that's it. So maybe we don't get a theater experience or maybe we don't get it in the same way that we had it prior to this. But there's too much money to be made in movie theaters. And I think it's going to come back. If I'm smart, if I'm an Amazon, if I'm a Facebook, if I'm an Apple, I'm buying a theater chain like AMC. here's Here's the thing. There was a law preventing that. And there's been movement to change that law. So like, Back in the day, like the way heyday, you had you know Paramount Studios and you had contracted players mm-hmm. and they could only be in Paramount movies and all that stuff. And I'm using them as an example, Universal, pick your poison. But all these studios at one point had their movie theaters and they were only showing their movies in those theaters. And the bigger they got, they crushed the little guy and you, know, you couldn't get a film in. So then you had to have private entities so that they'd show everything. Now there's so much money in showing everything. I think you could probably ch- tweak the law, change the law, let these companies buy into these dying businesses, these maybe these dying franchises, these AMCs and so on and so forth, Lowe's, and revive them. But but put some kind of a, a you know a codicil in there that if you have a twelve a ten screen movie theater you have to be showing something and Amazon buys it. You have to be showing two non Amazon yeah. features, you know, and like I, I think, I think it only does them a disservice. It doesn't benefit them to not show everything either. Right. Like it doesn't benefit Amazon to own theater chains and not show Disney movies because those are the biggest draws anyways. And they're just going to split the profits. So what's, what's right. the big deal? Um, yeah. And with the, with the ability to stream, I mean, are you telling me that these companies can't devise a system where they're just streaming the movie onto the big screen? Like they, like Amazon makes their Amazon picture, their movie, and from their own database, they stream it direct. Like I used to work in a movie theater back when it was actual film. You had to string the film through the projector and projector bulbs and all this other stuff. And you had to wear protective gear in case the bulb exploded because it would like kill you. Um, 
And then it went to digital and it was basically a USB port. Like the movie company, instead of sending you a canister of film, they sent you a USB, but you had to have a code that would unlock it right. for the duration of your allowable use. And you had to tick how many times you showed it so that if you showed it more than you paid for, that they would get you. You right. know, and that was, that was then like, I, there's gotta be a way now. There's just Definitely. gotta be. That's interesting. Um, uh, so we're going to do our, our, I'm going to throw a twist in here Hello. and in the middle of rolling or trolling, we are going to play a quick, a, ra- a semi rapid fire round of stream it, skip it and add it to the watch list rapid going fire. over all of the WB releases that we can expect to go straight to HBO max next year. I thought this would be kind of fun to do. I, there's not too much information on all of these. We don't really have full trailers on a lot of these either. Um, So I'll give a quick description unless it's kind of describes itself and we know about it. Um, And we will say whether or not we are streaming, skipping or adding it to the watch list. Um, obviously, Wonder Woman 1984, I think we've already done. That's coming Christmas Day. We're already streaming it. But here are the ones coming in 2021, starting with January 29th. Set to release is a movie called The Little Things, where a burnt-out uh, deputy chef with an eye for detail teams with a detective to reel in a wily serial killer, starring Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, and I guess the wily serial killer is Jared Leto. No. Like, well, all right. You know what, Denzel Washington, I'm going to put it on the watch list because of Denzel. But otherwise, this is just, uh, that, that sounds ridiculous. They were in the elevator. The, the synopsis is, is horrible, but yes. uh, anything with Denzel, I'm in. Um, I think we've got done this one, actually. We watched the trailer for it recently. Tom and Jerry comes out March 5th. You said that you were streaming it. I think I said that I was skipping it. Um, I so we'll seen. move on to the next release. The Many Saints of Newark, yeah. releasing March 12th, 2021. It's the uh, it's a Sopranos prequel starring Michael Gandolfini, James Gandolfini's son, as a young Tony Soprano. Very nice. Are you um, streaming? I'm, I'm streaming. Skipping. I'm streaming because I'm I, I'm currently doing a rewatch of The Sopranos now that I have HBO. It's funny that that comes up. So yeah, I I never watched Sopranos. It's very good. You should. So check I'm just out. gonna add this to my watch list for now uh, because Sopranos is currently on my watch list and I haven't watched it yet. I've just never gotten around to it. Um, all right, Reminiscence. Coming out April 16th, a scientist discovers a way to relive your past and uses the technology to search for his long-lost love, starring Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson, and Dandy Newton. Okay. We're in the lightning round, so I'm going to limit it to this. Hugh Jackman means that it goes on my watch list. Okay? I'm not going to stream it, and I'm going to hate watch it, when I finally do watch it, because this is ridiculous. This whole concept and premise is ridiculous. And Hugh Jackman needs to, I don't want to pigeonhole the guy. He made a movie that I love, a rom-com 
called uh, Someone Like You. It's him. It's Ashley Judd, um, Greg Kinnear. Phenomenal film. And he's a delightful leading man, um, you know, that, that the whole rom-com stuff. He's a little edgy. They fall in love. It's a beautiful thing. But he needs to go out and punch somebody in the face. Like, Hugh Jackman needs to get his, his, his mojo back, all right? He's doing, you know, he did his, his, his uh, musicals, got me into the theater. I watched them all, enjoyed myself. He's done his strange stuff. He's done his Broadway stuff. Let's go back and let's, let's make him the action hero he's supposed to be. I'm skipping it. Um, yeah. <laughs> next, <laughs> Godzilla versus Kong coming May 21st, 2020. It's a sequel to both Kong Skull Island and Godzilla King of the Monsters. The stress, the level of stress I can see in your face over Zoom right now. I can't keep, like I'm trying to keep it short. I'm putting it on the watch list. Those movies, I am, because I'm I'm a King Kong fan from way back, the original. I'm a Godzilla fan from way back, the original. I have a secret ember in my heart for the 90s version with um, what Ferris Bueller, uh, what's his name? Broderick, Matthew Broderick. Yeah. But, you know, so like I'm glad they're making monster movies. It's on my watch list. I'll get to it some Sunday morning when I wake up earlier than I anticipated. I'm going to add it to my watch list too because I think um, particularly Kong Skull Island was like low-key a pretty good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, but the the new Godzilla movies I haven't really liked. Um, so it'll just be on my watch list. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, June 4th, 2021. I'm just going to get out of the way. That's a skip for me because I've never seen any of these movies and I don't intend to. All right. I, I'm going to stream it. And here's why. I did a, a briefly, I did a watch of the whole um, Conjuring universe, which includes the Annabelle films and that My Sharona one where the, it's the Spanish ghost that's crying and killing everybody. Um, right. So, I know what you're talking about. It's not My no, Sharona, but you're close. Not Sir Manos. Um, <laughs> so yes, I, I, I did all of them. And uh, I love scary movies. They have their weak points. But for me, on a weekend, I'll make some popcorn. I'll pop this in. I'll enjoy it. You know, whatever they put on the screen, they've been doing a, a decent job of, in that genre. So I'm going to stream it. June 18th, In the Heights, Lin-Manuel Miranda's Tony Award-winning Broadway sensation, In the Heights, has been in the work for some time now and was originally supposed to be released this past summer, is now coming to HBO Max. No, um, no, it does nothing for me. I mean, I'm not, I'm going to skip it. I think I'm going to skip it too. Yeah. I think I'm skipping it too. Um, July 16th, 2021, starring Le- LeBron James and the Looney Tunes, oh Space God. Jam, A New Leg- Legacy. I, no. No, 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 no. Okay. I, Space Jam is sacred to me. All right. And there's a couple things that were key to Space Jam. Bill Murray 
believe it or not, was key to Space Jam. There's been no talk of Bill Murray in this one. Um, the, the stylings of R. Kelly made it into Space Jam. I understand there's problems there. I don't know what kind of music they're going to have. Uh, you have to have at some point, I believe I can fly, which was not him, it was someone else, but still, I think it was Steve Miller. Um, you have to have that song in there. But it just isn't, like, maybe they're not marketing it well enough. Like, it's not lighting me on fire. They're not doing enough to bring me back. Like, I know I'm an adult now, but I'm, your, I'm the audience you want. Like, I'm the guy that's going to force my kids or my nephews or my relatives to watch Space Jam 2 because of what I thought of Space Jam 1, and they're not doing a good job with it. I'm putting it on the watch list. I'm going to hate watch it later. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm going to watch it but I'll also be hate watching it because MJ's the goat and nothing's going to change that. So we don't need LeBron leading this. Um, They're also going to interesting note. It seems like there's for whatever the plot is, they're going to be going through like classic WB films as well. Like LeBron and the Looney Tunes are going to be travel. So I don't even know if there's any basketball or anything in that. It's weird. Uh, Of course, LeBron is ruining another thing. Um, so um, Michael Jordan is still alive and what about Danny DeVito did the voice for the Monstars like there's just I think Don Cheadle is going to be the villain I love that he does a good job but you know all right carry on moving on um I think we're both definitely watching this the Suicide Squad will get on August 6th I I don't know what drugs you've been taking that makes you think I'm going to put that on my stream list. I'll, really? I'll, I'm, gonna, I'm going to bench that movie. I think you are like, you're, you're under the assumption that it's like, has any relation to the original. And the only carryover from the original is Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. which was the best part of it, right. in all fairness. And the boomerang guy who is kind of funny. Um, other than that, this is pretty much a re- complete reboot. I'll tell so you what. Because of that, that's why I'm going to stream it. Because again, like James Gunn, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I will watch it. I will stream it. But I reserve the right at the, our very next podcast to berate you if I don't care for it. Because you convinced me to put it on my stream list. I mean, that won't be any different from any other time you berate me, so it's fine. Um, Dune, October 1st. Yeah, I'm in. I'm going to stream it because the original Dune, tremendous. Um, that's another one where I feel like they're missing opportunities to bring some people back, but maybe they're doing it in a surprise fashion. That'd be great. Um, I think they'd be better off marketing it, saying, yes, yeah, Sting's going to be in it. Yeah, what's his name from the... Uh, Twin Peaks is going to be in it. You know, like all, some of these act. Uh, well, you can't have what's his name now. He died, um, Max von Sydow. But like, if they were doing certain things, I think it'd be better off. Um, I'm still going to stream it. Still going to stream it. Yeah, this is a stream for me. I just want to read the cast list on this because right. it's pretty ridiculous. You got Timothy Chalamet, you got Zendaya, two up and coming young actors rebecca ferguson oscar isaac jason momoa josh brolin dave batista 
Stellan Skarsgård, Javier Bardem. Like this, this movie is packed with like top talent. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So Big. I will, I'll also be streaming it. Um, moving on to the next one. Movie called King Richard comes out November nineteenth, twenty twenty one. I'm interested to what you think about this one. Mm-hmm. Will Smith is starring as Richard Williams, the father of Venus and Serena. So it's about how he brought up Venus and Serena Williams and how he raised them to become the Here's, tennis monsters that they both are. I'm going to keep this short because we're in the lightning round. Who asked for this movie? Like who in Hollywood, who wrote a letter, who made a tweet, who asked for this film? And listen, people that have asked for films in the past have been sorely disappointed. Like we did not need um, uh, Die Hard 5. Didn't need it. Okay. After Die Hard 4, they got us all jazzed. We couldn't see straight. We were like, give us more, give us more. And we asked for it and it was terrible. Okay. Um, But what about like what about the movie, you know, movies like uh, Hacksaw Ridge telling a wonderful tale. Okay. Great film about a conscientious objector saved 72 people. Um, no one saw that coming. We, we asked for it with our hearts. We were like, give us a story that we can love. Give us someone we can care about. Richard Williams might be the nicest guy on the planet. Do you care? So here's why, here's why this is an interesting movie. Okay. Because one, you get a return of Will Smith to a biopic, which, you know, it is usually a good thing, right? Um, you had him, he was Robert Ali. Kennedy. He did a great job in Pursuit of Happiness is one yeah. of my favorite Will Smith movies. That, that movie is great. Um, so he knows what he's doing there. Um, but again, Ali. And then here, here's the other thing. Here's here's the sell to this is the fact that with in particular, Serena Williams is one of the all-time greatest athletes we've ever had. Just okay. if you're comparing at the very least her to the rest of her competition, she is in the vein for her sport of Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, like all those top athletes. Right. Also, when you have a history of fathers or mothers, but typically it's fathers bringing up their children in a sport all-time greats it's usually like a very tough environment you had you know tiger woods was brought up in something like that or you even have you could look at entertainment something like joe jackson um things like that where you could have a very like weird relationship uh iffy parenting stuff like that but Richard Williams not only raised one all-time great, he simultaneously raised two of the greatest tennis players of all time, which is, is crazy to think about. Mm. So from, that, from right. that standpoint, I'm very interested to see what that was like. I know it'll be a fictionalized version, but I think that will be, that's an interesting thing to see. 
I'm skipping it. Like how he did that. Like not only did he raise the greatest of all time, but he has like, you know, a top fiver as well as another daughter. Okay. All right. Where's the movie about, um, you know, Michael Jackson's dad? Not Michael Jackson. Well, well, we've had like five. We've we've had five movies. Well, I mean, Michael Jordan's dad. Like, where? Where's Michael the... Jordan's dad wasn't really like that involved, but we got that in a in the docu series in um, the Whitsky's dad, the Last Dance, hockey player to ever skate on ice. But for me, I feel like the reason why we don't get those is because maybe it wasn't all that interesting for them. But in this case, it must have been because they're making a movie out of it. We're not going to get the ones that aren't entertaining. I'm skipping it, Chris. That's fair. I'm streaming it. Um, the Matrix 4, December 22nd. Streaming. Because I'm just curious. Like, I just, I I just want to know. Like, I'm I don't, don't want to stream it because of how bad 2 and 3 were, and they were really bad. Not but, great. like, it's, Keanu has had such a resurgence Oh, in his stuff. career since the those Matrix movies that, like, I'm just holding out hope that this one's good because I love Keanu so much. Um, all right. This is a movie called Judas and the Black Messiah. This does not have a release date. It was originally supposed to release this past year on August 20th. Um, it follows the events leading up to the assassination of Fred Hampton, who was the Black Panther Illinois uh, chairman back in the day, who's played by Daniel Kaluuya. If you've seen the trailer for this, I don't know if you have. Mm -hmm. It's an awesome trailer. It looks like an incredible movie. And it looks like Daniel Kaluuya, whenever this releases, if it releases before the Oscars this year or for the Oscars next year, he's going to get nominated for this role. I'm going to stream it... um... By and large, because I think uh, I think it's a, a a story worth telling. You know that people understand the time period. I'm fascinated by the time period. Um, I enjoy personally like historical dramas, not fictionalized dramas, but just that kind of that kind of thing. And um, I'm going to stream it. I'm curious. I'm I, I'm I'm ready to be informed. I'm ready to watch that movie. All right. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm streaming as well. Obviously, uh, Mortal Kombat. We're getting a reboot. There were no notable actors to to call out in this reboot, but we're getting a Mortal Kombat reboot. So, are you streaming, skipping, or adding it to your watch list? I'm gonna add it to my watch list, and I'm gonna briefly say because the the first like two there's two Mortal Kombat's out there in the world, and they were so weird and fun that they, they're like part of the part of the um, tapestry of life. So I'm curious, I wanna see it. I wanna see what they do with, um, with this, uh, but I'm sure it's gonna be miserable. And again, no one asked for it, so I'm ready. Like when they made those other movies, it was the 90s and people were playing Mortal Kombat. Like it was a thing. Now, you know, but I'm, I'm gonna put it on the watch list, watch list. I didn't even know there was a second one. Um, so I'm, I'm skipping this, um, uh, doesn't really do it for me. Um, almost there. Those who wish me dead, a teenage murder witness is lost in the wilderness with two assassins hunting him 
a survival expert trying to protect him, and a forest fire threatening them all, starring Angelina Jolie. I'm going to skip it. Yeah, I'm, you know what, A for effort for like, not only, okay, there's two assassins hunting the right. murder witness and there's a survival expert getting them and them just fire. throwing a forest fire to really, yeah. that's a big wrench in all of it. Um, but I think I'm skipping it too. Until I see a trailer. Until I see a trailer, we'll revisit. Um, Malignant is a new horror movie from James Wan, the director of the Saw and The Conjuring. I'm clearly skipping because uh, scary movies. No, thank you. Bad. What? So wait, but what is the what's the plot? That's uh, that's all we've got. That's all we know. It's um, literally just like, are you in on a James Wan horror movie or are you out? <laughs> I, I mean James Wan. Like I don't like all that he does, and I don't like the direction the Saw movies went in. Um, but I do like the concept of the original Saw. Like, I thought that was a very unique and interesting idea. After Saw 1, it became nuts. And it was just, like, torture movies unnecessary, unnecessarily, like, with no plot line. Um, but I'm in for one. I'm going to put it on the watch list because I, I think he's a good – I think I like what he does. So I'm going to put it on the watch list. Last one. Cry Macho. No. Clint Eastwood. Oh, Okay. Signing on to direct, it's a neo-Western drama uh, that follows a one-time rodeo star and horse breeder that would be played by Eastwood as he seeks out redemption on an epic horseback journey through Mexico and the American Southwest uh, with the young son of his former boss. Well... I guess it'd be nice to get Eastwood back in the in the West. It'd be nice to have him back in the old West. But here's the problem. Clint Eastwood this year, I think, turns 126. So <laughs> right. for him to be in in movies, let alone directing them, I just I think we've we've passed the marker. He's the perfect example of and I'm a I'm an Eastwood fan. Like I don't I don't I'm an Eastwood fan. But he should be the one like every woman over 40 in Hollywood points to and is like, you know, I can't get the leading role as the hot, whatever, you know, uh, romantic lead, but you're going to put Clint Eastwood at, uh, you know, in another movie, 482 years old in another movie where he's definitely going to kiss some woman under the age of 50 and somehow we're supposed to believe that that makes sense. Like, <laughs> I just, you know, I'm in because God bless him. I'm going to, I am going to watch it. Like I'm going to watch it. There was only one, but to avoid controversy, there was one movie of his, I, I have boycotted, but I, I'm not going to go into it. Um, but no, I, yeah, I'm in, I'm going to watch if he's in it. And if, he, if he's attached to it, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. You'll, you'll let me know what that movie is offline. Um, I, I'm just going to add it to the watch list for now. I don't know if I saw Eastwood's most recent either. Mm-hmm. It kind of came and went for me. So, yeah. you know, he doesn't really do it for me anymore. All right. That's the entire WB slate that we're getting next year. There's a lot of big ones coming. 
that we're going to be able to, if you're an HBO Max subscriber, you're going to be able to just stream on day one in your house, which is pretty cool. Um, let's continue with rolling or trolling with some Hawkeye news. We have confirmations of the cast. Haley Steinfeld is playing Kate Bishop. Uh, Vera Farmiga is has joined the cast as well. She's going to play Kate Bishop's mother. Uh, Tony Dalton is going to play Jack Duquesne, who is, um, his character is the swordsman, who apparently was Hawkeye's mentor in the comics. And you're going to have, from the Black Widow movie, Florence Pugh's character, because um, I guess her character takes over the Black Widow mantle or something like that. She is going to be in this as well. And what about Jeremy Renner? And obviously Jeremy Renner is his Hawkeye, but this was the casting. Yeah. This was the stuff that we didn't know about until recently. I'm all for it. Um, I'm curious. I think, you know, he got, it's time we give him his due. Jeremy Renner is very watchable on screen. Um, Going to watch it. Going to roll with it. Going to watch it. Um, What's her name? Steinfeld. The girl. Haley. Yeah. Haley Steinfeld. She's the one with like the, the, the eyebrows. That's her thing. Like she's a very powerful eyebrows. Maybe she was in, uh, she got her start in true grit. She was the girl in true grit. Yeah, that's what remake. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah, she's interesting to watch. I watched the movie, I think with her and um, Woody Harrelson, where she's like a high schooler. He's a, a disinterested teacher that kind of mentors her through a tough time. So, and that was decent. So yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah, it seems like these, all the new stuff that we're getting, it's like they're replacing all the old MCU people with new people. So like we're getting Florence Pugh's character is going to take over for Scarlett Johansson. You're going to get Haley Steinfeld is going to take over for Jeremy Renner because she's kind of like the lady Hawkeye. Um, So it's obviously we're getting... uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they're kind of taking up the mantle for Captain America. So we're getting our replacements for that original cast. Um, But I'll roll with it. Um, Did you know that Goldeneye was trending this past week? As well, it should be. Because the, um, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico, the massive telescope that was used in GoldenEye collapsed. Right. And what, it was so it's 900 old. tons, yeah. and the platform fell more than 400 feet. It, so that, anybody that goes out and looks at a picture of that, or watches the Die Hard, Die Hard, watches the GoldenEye movie. So in GoldenEye, it's like this secret um, satellite that launches the weapon in South America. Um, and it's buried beneath what appears to be a lake, but when you drain it, that is the bowl of the of the satellite. Um, it was ahead of its time. It was unique in its imagery in the way that it was like made. Obviously, it didn't just appear. That was the thing for the with the Goldeneye movie. But it's also the way we contact aliens in the movie Contact with. I think the reconnaissance was in that, and I believe uh, Charlie Sheen, um, back when Charlie Sheen was like a viable movie star actor. So yeah, that's a very cool thing. But 
absolutely huge part of the 90s, made it into several films, um, GoldenEye, it's, it's, the, it's like the perfect set piece. It just looks so unique and interesting. It's the way it was built, that platform you're talking about hangs over the bowl that is the, the actual um, satellite, uh, if I'm, I'm probably, the, the dish rather. It's the dish of the satellite is in the ground and the, the platform hangs above it and projects whatever they're projecting. So when that crashed, yeah, that had to be crazy. Fun fact, we, I'm realizing now we have our answer. So a couple of weeks ago, we saw a picture of my Nana was photographed with Pierce Brosnan in Puerto Rico. And we were wondering, oh, which James Bond movie was he filming? I think we have our answer. It must have been Goldeneye because Goldeneye. that was the satellite. Um, moving on. We have our very first celebrity winner of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. They won the million dollar prize. Uh, uh -huh. His name is David Chang. He is a renowned chef. He's got a couple of shows on Netflix. Um, he won for his charity, Southern, the Southern Smoke Foundation, which is currently working to provide aid to the restaurant industry during COVID-19. Um, so he won for the very first time uh, a celebrity has ever done that. Um, I'm going to stop you there. It's a shame that that's the definition of a celebrity. Okay. Yeah. No I mean, he's depending on your circles. He's, he's a, he's yeah. a pretty well-known guy, but yeah, sure. But uh, I, the reason why I bring this up yeah. is because I'm interested if you can get the question that he won on. Oh, I'm ready. So he had to call, he had to phone someone and the person that he phoned guessed and right. said, Oh, it's probably this. And then the phone cut out and he gambled and went with it and okay. ended up winning. So here's the question. And we know that I don't, I have no prior knowledge of this. You I have no prior knowledge. This is a history better. question. So that's particularly why I wanted to ask you because okay. I wonder if you would know this. Um, although he and his wife never touched a light switch for fear of being shocked, who was the first president to have electricity in the White House? Was it a Ulysses S. Grant, B. Benjamin Harrison, C. Chester A. Arthur, or D. Andrew Johnson? Oh. Um. Okay, it's not. It's not Johnson. It's not. All right, wait. Hit me again. Leave out Andrew Johnson. Okay. You A. Ulysses has Grant. Right. B, Benjamin Harrison, or C, Chester A. Arthur? I'm going to say Chester A. Arthur. I'm Thank sorry. You. That is incorrect. It was B, Benjamin Harrison. Damn. You would have lost the million dollars and been sent back to just a measly 36000 Outrageous. It's okay. You were close. You eliminated one of the answers. I did. I knew I knew I could yeah. eliminate at least two of them and I was I took a shot. Moving on. 
Drake has released a candle that, quote, actually smells like Drake. Are you rolling or trolling with the Drake candle? I'm trolling it. Drake is the kid from the grassy. Is that who we're talking? Yeah. About? And like the famous rapper. Oh my God. You know, the, what is it? The, like, the multi plat 10 times, 20 times platinum my God. artist, Love Grammy it. award winning <laughs> artist who played the kid on Degrassi. Yes. Yeah. He played the kid on Degrassi. It's not like maple leaves or. Just, I don't know. Do you assume that Drake smells like maple leaves? Is he Canadian? <laughs> he is Canadian. I mean, so uh, it's either that maple syrup or, or apparently he's a rapper. Does it, I assume, what is it? Does it just smell of like sweat and, and <laughs> grease paint or just rancid? I don't even know what. I, no, I'm just, I'm trolling and boycotting and, and, and not supporting and writing angry letters rolling it as well um john mulaney was apparently investigated by the secret service over a joke he made on snl earlier in the year so here's the quote from john mulaney okay um he said in february i did a joke that was not about donald trump the joke was about how it was a leap year which had been started by julius caesar to correct the calendar and another thing that happened with caesar is that he was stabbed to death by a bunch of senators because he went crazy and i said that's an interesting thing that could happen so john mulaney said, continues and says they investigated me i guess they opened a file on me because of the joke the person vetting me was very understanding that the joke had nothing to do with donald trump oh my god are you rolling or trolling with the Secret Service's uh, investigation and, and due diligence that they did into John Mulaney and the joke he made? I'll tell you what, I'm going to roll with it because we have to keep our leaders safe and John Mulaney could use a little excitement in his life. He's a little bland for me. But, but I will say, I will give a, a disclaimer that, that is ridiculous. Like it just, that is so I am, fine. I'm yeah. rolling with the joke because it's hysterical and I am definitely trolling the investigation. Could you imagine if they opened up a, um, a file on, on America's white bread, John Mulaney, how thick the file is on Kathy Griffin? Oh my gosh. Oh, she's definitely investigated. That is, you know, okay. Lastly, we end on a report from Cinema Blend that Netflix viewers have apparently watched over 2 billion, billion with a B, hours of Adam Sandler movies. (laughs) That apparently equates to 228,310 and a half years. I like Adam Sandler, but that is a waste of life. <laughs> um, wow. So let's, let's put it this way. He made the deal with Amazon. Uh, Amazon. He Netflix. made the deal with Netflix. Yep. Um, he produced, he, he was in like a couple of weirdo ones early on. And then he did Hubie Halloween, huge success. He Correct. did um, prior to Hubie Halloween. There was another one that was like moderately well received and then there was crazy ones like the wild 
eight or something yep. as a spoof of the, you know. So are any of his... I, th- I, I don't if, know. See, that's interesting. I don't know if this includes his old stuff, like Happy Gilmore, Waterboy, stuff like that, or if it's... Um, I'd like a breakdown. Strictly like, the Netflix movies but it's interesting to think i mean obviously that's why he gets so much money from netflix is because of how much they're watching him but i am trolling the people who are watching that much of him without a doubt i'm with you on that all right well we both gave each other some suggestions suggestions last week you know we did i watched twins you watched <laughs> I love it. Extraction. Yeah, I did. Which do you want to start with first? I want to start with Extraction because I really want to know what you thought about Twins and I want to take time to digest it. Okay, that's fair. Um, extraction. It was serviceable, but it. I think you had on your, like you said, you had on your um, quarantine goggles. Okay. Because okay. that was not, like, it was a two-hour movie. It was like an hour and 57 minutes. So that It was, was a little long. A little long. And again, I don't, like, I enjoy a, a look. I enjoy taking a beat on a character and drinking in what's going on with them. Like, I don't mind not having dialogue. But I hate when they abuse it. And they abused it in this movie. Like, there was a lot. You could cut a lot. Whoever edited the film did a piss-poor job. You know, you could have cut a lot out. Um, it was a little Rambo 2-esque. They go back to the jungle. They're, you know, he's hacking through jungle. He's trying to keep some people alive. Um, also, Hemsworth, it's hard to say because he is an action star in as much as he's Thor. But I was surprised watching this movie that I didn't immediately buy him as an action hero in the, in the way that we're familiar with action heroes from our generation, like the Arnold Schwarzeneggers or the Mel Gibsons or the Tom Cruise's like that kind of like that action hero. Let me sub Tom Cruise in for Sylvester Stallone. Um, like he just, he wasn't straight. He wasn't ticking the boxes for me. So it just didn't, uh, you know, it was, I'm going to say serviceable, was not a waste of my time, but definitely not something I'm going to revisit. So that's interesting. I, see, I don't know if it was, I think this was actually really good. (laughs) So like, here's a couple things. So I kind of looked at it from like, just taking uh, aspects of great action movies and seeing if it kind of fit the criteria. One, the movie has a sound premise like on the surface, but when you really look more at it, it's completely ridiculous. Like him having to, oh yeah, he's got to rescue this kid. But then you look at it more, it's like he's rescuing from a rival drug dealer. Like, so that in that sense, it was good. Um, I thought Chris Hemsworth did a really good job and he was a cool hero. You know, he's this like, kind of you know loner mercenary because of things in his past and now he's just a gun for hire and you know his he has the tragic backstory 
Um, we don't have a great villain in this movie, which is, if Maybe there's one thing that hurts it, yeah. it's the fact that you don't have that. Um, yeah. I think there were some next level fight sequences in the movie, like particular in the beginning of the movie that kind of established like, oh, like what this guy can do. Like that first when he literally first rescues the the kid and he like clotheslines the guy with the the half wall and then he like I'm pretty sure too he actually like the the guy's name is Tyler Rake and doesn't he actually kill someone with a rake? Well, he, I mean, yes, there were moments. So like where- that is come on, that's just spot on. I agree. I'm gonna say this. I'm going to say, I think Chris Hemsworth, even though he's a mountain of a man, is better served in comedies, believe it or not. Like, I think he... That's fair. I think he really... They're trying to shoehorn him into action, and he's good at it, and he can do it, and he performs, and I believe him that he can crush a person. But, like, I think he really fits in if you throw comedy, like let him be a little funny when he's working with the kid that worked for me because like, he's compassionate. Like he, he must in his own life must be a good person because it like, it comes across when he's working with children, when he's working like across from a, you know, being romantic in a scene or being awkward in a scene because like that must be something true about him. But in action, I feel like he's acting and I shouldn't be able to see him acting. Okay, I, I think it's I think that's fair to say that he's probably better in a more humor filled role than a very serious action movie. But I thought he did a pretty good job. I, I do have one more question for you before we move on. Very important. Go ahead. Who would you rather have save you from a kidnapping? Tyler Rake, Chris Hemsworth character, or Brian Mills, Liam Neeson's character from Taken? I'll tell you what. And I have an answer to this too. I want Liam Neeson's character. Okay. And not just to be not just to be objectionable or uh, obstinate, like to say, well, forget Hemsworth, he's a nice guy. I'm sure we'd have to enjoy ourselves on the plane ride back to civilization. But I want Liam Neeson because I, I don't want like just a, a fist fight and the people that kidnapped me to be defeated or beaten. I want Liam Neeson to bring some old school horror down on these people. Okay. And he's got a very particular set of skills and will accomplish the goals I want to accomplish. So I have two reasons why it's not Liam Neeson. Okay. Good. Number one is that Chris Hemsworth will lay his life on the line literally because spoiler alert. Yeah. He dies at the end. Right. Uh, somehow they're making a sequel to this movie, by the way. <laughs> and he, the main character dies. Two is because kind of under the radar, Liam Neeson, for whatever reason, would probably be the reason why you were kidnapped in the first place. What? Taken one, his daughter is kidnapped. Yeah. Taken two, himself and his wife are kidnapped. Taken three, his wife is kidnapped again and killed, and then his daughter is kidnapped again. 
So like you may be rescued, but it's probably only going to be temporary because you're somehow going to get taken again and again and again. Right. Well, I, you know, we, we, they don't change the locks. That was a poor plot line. Yes. <laughs> Let's move on to twins. <laughs> the twins. Arnold, the twins. This is a really good movie. Yes. It's really right? good. Oh my it's God. such it's such a brilliant just idea like i think they get a little too in the weeds with all the extra stuff that they add into yeah. the movie but like it's but you know it's kind of necessary but like all you need is the fact that it's these two Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito are somehow twins and it's fine that they explained it and everything, but then you have the, you know, the, whatever, the meeting up with the criminals and the money and the finding the mom. And she didn't know that they existed. You know, they give it the background. It's completely ridiculous, but all you really need is just that's, that's it. It, That simple. It's that simple. Those two are twins. You just need that premise. Like, you're in the elevator. I'm with the studio executive. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, they're twins. Bam. Like, he just gave me $20 million to make that movie on that one sentence. That's all you need. Yeah. Agreed. That was it. I mean, it was really funny. Danny DeVito shines. Oh, Danny DeVito is a national treasure. (laughs) He's so good. But did did you feel this way? Um... Were you surprised at the heart in this movie? Of this movie? Uh, yeah, uh, but it's kind of like it's there the entire time, which is nice because like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character is the heart of the movie, right? Because he's like such a good person and that's, that's what it is. And he's now bringing all that goodness to everyone he interacts with. And coming off of terminator and coming off of action and evil and mm-hmm. all this stuff and conan and all that stuff, i would have trolled that movie like i would have trolled his casting for back then like i would have been like oh my conan right right you know? but the concept the idea and since then like he's a great example of a guy who can believably do action as well as comedy and romanticism. Like Arnold, he never hides his Austrian accent. And in this movie, it works in the narrative because he's from there. But like, even when he's playing Americans named Harry working for the CIA in, in, uh, um, oh my God, True Lies, like he's still an Austrian named Harry for some reason. Right, right, right. But he is just like, he has that compassion, that heart about him that makes this movie work so well. It makes all his movies work really well. I'm so yeah. glad you liked it. Like I'm really just... liked it. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, a, it was just, it's a fun movie. Yes. And the great, there's great lines. Like, you know, the, fun movie, great lines. I love the little uh, nod that he gives to Sylvester Stallone when he looks oh. at the Rambo poster and he says, Oh, maybe another time or like something like that. Right. Um, that was good. I think at one point he says, I'll be back. Yes. Um, which is obviously a nod to Terminator. Um, so there was a lot of stuff in there. 
he is, I'll tell you something. He is the, he's what I wanted Bruce Willis to be like. Arnold Schwarzenegger enjoys making fun of himself and referencing himself. Uh, Bruce, who I love and like, I love Die Hard and I love his movies. He takes himself too seriously as an actor. Seriously, like just way too seriously. You got to chill out. Yeah, like so, Arnold is actually having fun in everything he's doing. You can tell he's at least, at the very least, he's having a ton of fun. It comes across. Yep, I agree. So how do you want, who do you want to go first for suggestions? I think, I think I gave you my suggestion first last time. So why don't you give me your suggestion this week first? All right. So last week we were leaving... November, we were entering uh, December. So I Correct. threw some twins at you for heart, but not necessarily holiday related. I feel like now we're in the, in the second week of December, we have to tinge our choices in Christmas okay. as best we can. As best okay. we can. Um, I'm going to give you, and it might be a little difficult to find, but, but it is worth it. I'm going to give you a, cho- uh, a movie that is so quintessentially Christmas for like families, like in my, like on, uh, for my sisters and I, uh, my mother, my father, like this is a movie we all reference. We all have a strong feeling about, we all have a connection to, we all remember watching. It is on every Christmas day. Like okay. there's, always, there's always a wonderful life that's constantly streaming. There's all these new Christmas movies that are constantly streaming, but this movie will be on loop throughout the day. Okay. You've seen it, you've seen clips, but it has so many elements in it that you'll be like, you know, Oh, I get that. Oh, all right. Oh, I remember this kind of, Oh, I went through something similar. I'm going to give you the film, a Christmas story. Okay. Interesting. Because I, I didn't know if you knew I hadn't seen that or not. I feel like me and you would have talked about this in our life yeah. if you'd seen it. Because it's one of those movies that makes a difference. So I, it's funny because I was just talking to my friend about this, about this movie and how I hadn't seen it. And me, I kind of said I would never see it because... <laughs> Why? The, the reason being is, I mean, I'll, I will obviously now for this, okay. but the reason being is that I know so many people who this is their favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. And it's been so built up oh, that Europe? now I don't want to disappoint everyone if I don't like it as much. And not only the fact that like, I already, like, I know every big part of this movie without having actually seen this movie so i know about fragile and the leg lamp i know about uh you'll shoot your eye out i i know you know the the bunny suit i know the getting the tongue stuck on the 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 pole so like i will keep an open mind watching it i'm just a little worried that because of how like praised it's been it's never gonna live up to 
it for me what it's been sold as. I all right, I get that. I get that. But here's keep an open mind and also keep this in mind. After you watch it, imagine the following Christmas, the coming Christmas, having this on the TV in the background, because now you like will be part of the club. Like, like as you're watching it in your mind, see if you can be like, yeah, you know what? When this is on loop on TMZ on uh, AMC, whatever it is, I'll leave it on because I'll be like, ha ha ha. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, this scene. Oh, I'll, I'll kill time waiting for the Turkey to be done watching that. Like take, you know, I, I keep that image in your mind too. Okay. That's, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So, Christmas. so do you, are, are you looking for a Christmas centric movie or what are what are you feeling this week? I'm looking for something holiday oriented. I feel like the next three weeks, um, this included, we need to, we need to tinge it with holiday. So once we get out of this, we'll do one, valentine's theme and or well in february or whatever but that's it okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna give an attempt i feel like you've probably uh, the the issue i'm gonna have is that i think you've probably seen all the christmas movies and everything that i could give you um so my first attempt this isn't necessarily a christmas movie but it takes place during Christmas. Mm. The star of it was, it's pretty much his comeback back into the limelight. It's a movie from a director who famously, all of his movies tend to take place during Christmas time, even though they are not technically Christmas movies. Interesting. It's called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I've not seen it. Yes, I'm so excited. Okay. Heard of it, have always had it on my watch list, never seen it. So I have no idea where this is streaming because, again, this was (laughs) so out of left field and I was not sure if you were going to, if you had seen it or not. So essentially, this stars uh, Robert Downey Jr., who this is essentially before he stars in Iron Man. This was the role, the fir- I believe the first role that he had after all the issues that he was having um, in his personal right. life. And one of your favorites, Val Kilmer. I enjoy Val. And it's about a, it's a really good about a mur- murder mystery um, bringing together uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, and Val Kilmer and um, Michelle Monaghan, who's an actress. Uh, plays an actress in in the movie and um it is really good it's a really good movie shane black is the director director of um uh, i believe he did the he did the original lethal weapon did he not Uh, i was dick donner oh he did lethal he he uh he wrote lethal weapon that's what he did he didn't direct it he wrote lethal weapon he directed um, Iron Man 3, which took place during Christmas, um, funny enough. Um, so he's, you know, he's been around. Um, he did the last Boy Scout. Um, so I think this is going to be a good movie. I think you're going to like it. I agree. And 
I'm I'm very excited about it. I like all the actors in it. I like the writer, I like the director. Um, I'm ready. I'm even if I gotta pay for it on Amazon, I'm willing to do that. Yeah, I I gotta give this a rewatch too because it's been a while since I've seen it. All right, man. Well, that does it for us this week. Thank you as always for listening. For those of you who are, hey, uh, shout out to AJ and shout out to Connor, two two listeners that we know we have. Um, <laughs> if you listened all the way to the end, we'll know now. Um, we appreciate you guys. Uh, please, if you are new, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you are listening to it. We're on every single platform. Um, leave a little review if, you, if you've got a positive thing to say. Um, and as always, you could also find us on Neil's website, gluedtothescreen.com. That's glued, the number two, thescreen.com. A lot of great content in addition to our weekly podcast. And until then, Neil, what do you got to say to the people? Stream on, everybody. <laughs>